Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair. I'm Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And this is a great episode. We are so glad that you joined us today. The title today is The Balancing Act. Lots going on that you have to balance. So let's get to that in just a minute. First, I wanna go back just a brief time to last week's episode that was on uh, your life as a recipe. What are your ingredients? So I really challenged you to take a moment to think back on your life and what are some of the lessons you learned, the events, the situations you were in. I shared some all the way from uh, preschool all the way to fairly uh, current and talked about how those shaped who I was as a leader. Now, as a leader, you're busy. I get it. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I want to challenge you. Sometimes it is actually better for you to stop and take a little bit to reflect and then be more productive in the long run than it is just to try to crank through it. It's it's a lot like physical activity, running, lifting, doing physical things. You need to stop and recover so that you'll be more productive in the long run than if you just tried to work through it all. So I challenge you, think about the recipe of your life. If you want some examples, listen to last week's episode and you can hear some of the things that I shared. On with today's, the balancing act. I'm going to really give you some examples here that are really for our school leaders. Uh, But everybody that listens, if you're not a school leader, you should be able to relate. You could probably make your own list. So if you're a school leader, it's spring. uh, We're about to do time change, change the clocks. And so it's going to be daylight later. It's getting a little warmer outside. But guess what? Things are ramping up. You are facing more to-do lists than really any other time in the year. You got your regular schedule. You got your regular things of, you know, the kids in the school and managing your teachers and the daily uh, schedule of the day and working with boards and all the regular things. But here's some of the projects that you're going through right now and you're facing. A lot of you are enrolling new students. Maybe you've already had your lottery and your enrollment period, but now you're actually going through getting the documentation and getting them into the student database. So enrolling students is a new project that really seems to perk up this time of year. Creating a master schedule. High school, that can be pretty complicated. Elementary, middle, you're still juggling who's teaching what and where and what classrooms and how big your class sizes and balancing and all of the complications that come with master scheduling. You're also ramping up for testing, our favorite time of the year, going through all of the state required testing uh, that we have to do in our schools. You also are trying to hire new teachers and that's hard with the job market, uh, the the, the number of teachers that are out there right now uh, looking for jobs, but it's also hard because it's a race because the traditional district schools are really getting those contracts signed. So if you're gonna have somebody transfer in your school, you're under a lot of pressure to get that hiring done. And if you're a high school, you're looking at graduation and getting all, make sure your students have all their credits and all of their boxes checked so they can graduate. It's just a lot of extra things going on. So how do you balance it all? Well, the answer is you can't do it all. And if you're trying to do it all, you need to stop. I'll just say it that bluntly. If you're trying to manage all of these new projects, that come up this time of year and the day-to-day, you gotta stop. It's not healthy. You're not gonna sustain it. Your kids, your family, your teachers, 
They're worth more than you burning yourself out on these things. So let's go through five strategies that you can follow to build a team around you or to use your team more effectively to help you during these projects. So I'm gonna give you five, so stick with me. Number one, spend time with your team members and provide clear expectations and identify what supports are available. So I'll go through that again. Spend time meeting with your team members, provide them with clear expectations. Exactly what does that task, that responsibility look like? And then what are the supports that you want that person to go and use? Maybe they're people, maybe it's resources online, maybe it's past schedules or things that are saved on your drives at work, maybe, whatever those are, because if not, they're gonna come to you constantly for those resources. And if they have to constantly come to you for those resources, you might as well do the work. So what you're trying to do is set clear expectations so they can be independent and give them those resources to support it so they can go off and do that work. Second suggestion, second strategy here, follow up. We've heard the almost cliche nowadays, but inspect what you expect. So once you set clear expectations and connected the resources, follow up to inspect what you expect, what the outcome is. That doesn't mean micromanage. A great way to burn out an independent worker or an independent team member is to micromanage them. By no means am I suggesting micromanaging. What I am suggesting is you meet on a regularly set out schedule to review progress. You're inspecting. It's to give feedback to that person. So you're reinforcing, yes, that's what I'm looking for. You're on the right path. Or, ah, that's really not what I'm looking for. Can you change it to here? Or can you add that? Or give that little bit of feedback in there. Inspect what you expect. Number three, create connections within your team. The reason that's important is you need to cross train. You need to have team members that can cover for one another because who knows, you've got an illness. Maybe that's only they're out for a couple days, but something else could happen to where that person can't come in and perform their duties. They can't complete the task you've given them. Well, if you haven't cross-trained some, then you don't have any historical knowledge that can help you out. So one reason you wanna make those connections is cross-training. The second is, that way, your team members can support one another and they don't have to come to you for support all the time. They can bounce ideas off each other. They can look at progress and say, yeah, that looks good. Or let me show you this other thing that I'm working on or this resource that can connect. All of a sudden, they're becoming more independent. They're becoming more a team and you're able to do more management. You're able to keep more in front of you because they're able to really get into the projects collectively. The fourth thing, do you have a management plan for documentation? So that's a critical piece. Where is all of the documentation going to be housed? Do you have software? Uh, you might use Asana. You might use a Google Drive folder. You might use whatever. You might use hard drive, I mean a hard copy. You may have a three ring binder that you keep all that document. Wherever you are in the scope of technology, hard copies to uh, digital drives, anywhere in there, you've gotta have a place to manage those documents so that 
you don't have to be sitting with the person while they show you what they're working on, although that's important from time to time. You could be looking at it at a different time to give feedback or track changes or progress or give your feedback electronically. So think through that with documentation. Second thing, once you figure out how you're gonna do it that goes along with managing those documents is who controls it. If you have too many cooks in the kitchen per se, things can get messed up. And then all of a sudden something's deleted or renamed or altered in some way. And the problem is you don't know necessarily how to go back to the originals depending on what process you use. So you need to identify who is controlling the access or the final copy of that document, wherever that is, or process. Um, so when it comes to document management, one, how are you gonna do it? Software, hard copy, where is that gonna be? Second, who has control? Who's responsible? I would recommend the person you've given the task to would be responsible for it. And that way you can go to them and they know exactly where it is and what version to look at. So let's go through those first four again. One, spend time with your team to set clear expectations and to identify supports needed. Two, follow up on a regular basis. Schedule of that. Inspect what you expect. Three, create connections within your team. Cross training, also they're able to support one another. Fourth, manage your documentation. How are you gonna do that? Where's it gonna be? And who's in control of those documents? Now, number five, the final one, allow independence. If you're a type A and you wanna make sure everything's perfect and you control it and all that, that is a hard suggestion. That's a hard strategy. Allow independence so that the person you assign that task has the ability to make decisions. There's nothing worse than when you um, give somebody a task and then you go and micromanage. And then that person's like, well, if I'm not in charge, then how am I gonna get it done? And they start coming to you for everything. Responsibility should lie with the person leading the effort. Responsibility should lie with the person leading the effort. That way, there's a clear path to address any issues that arise. You know where to go. You know the point of contact. You know who's in control. So keep that in mind. That's five strategies that I would recommend in managing all of these projects. Make sure you have somebody you can trust. Follow these five strategies. And at the end, you review the performance, the outcomes, and provide feedback. Hopefully, this will help you as you manage all that we have going on this spring. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Take care of yourselves and take care of your team. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Erskine Charters, we'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.